Welcome to the Snohomish Storytellers. I am Sheila DeVerder. And I am Megan Hetherington, the Executive Director of the Historic Downtown Snohomish Association. Our organization works to revitalize, promote, and preserve the downtown district of Snohomish. And with us today, we also have Trent DeVerder, our podcast producer. And welcome to, to our podcast. <laughs> officially November. I think it is officially winter with how cold and windy and rainy it is outside. Yes, we skipped right over fall, went right to winter. And I think the entire like country has just collaboratively decided for some reason to skip Thanksgiving because I swear it's it was November 1st right after Halloween and all of the Christmas commercials started. Right? I know. I thought, do we, are we going to get through Halloween first? Like, right? is Halloween going to be robbed from us too? Yeah. But yes, it, it definitely looks like the Christmas season is out there. And I would like to just give a shout out to Thanksgiving. Yes. I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving too. I love food. Oh, well, we know how of course, much we, we love all food. love food <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> and Trent, our great podcast producer, is actually a turkey baby. His birthday is around Thanksgiving. Isn't it. Oh, he was happy born birthday to the little turkey Trent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely agree with you, Megan. I do not want to skip Thanksgiving. I, Me I think neither. I we, love Thanksgiving. We need to pause on Christmas. Um, but Thanksgiving can be, you know, a really festive time for people. It can also be a really hard time for mm -hmm. people. Um, and I think one of the things that, uh, stands out you know is how can we support each other around the holiday season because although it might be festive and merry and bright uh there might be others who might not be feeling as festive and merry and bright yeah or it's just a burden to think yes. about how you are going to make that happen for right. your family this year yeah. you know and i think a lot of us are feeling that crunch of mm -hmm. inflation and rising food prices and we are making adjustments to our budgets. Um, so today we have Elizabeth Durand mm -hmm. from the food bank. She's the executive director of the Snohomish Community Food Bank. Yes. And she just sheds light so beautifully on how important community is. Yeah. Especially at this time of the year when right. there's just a greater need yes. for people who don't have you know, the same food security as some of, some of us do. Yeah. Um, and those who might be finding themselves in that situation for the first time. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate her perspective, you know, doing the work that she does mm -hmm. and helping us to understand who is coming into the food bank, right? who needs these services and how we as a community yeah. are helping to provide those things. Yeah, for sure. And you guys will be able to hear it as you listen to the episode, but Elizabeth is just such a ray of sunshine mm -hmm. and you can just tell how much she loves this community and how she completely understands the the needs that are here and also thinking about the people that are here yes, and how she can facilitate, you know, acting as the executive director of the food bank, how she can facilitate helping other people in that capacity really well, more than just, you know, moving food from location A to location right. B. Um, she is just 
so caring and so loving of the community. Yeah. And she's very innovative with her approach. Yes. I love, I think Sheila, you pointed out that her marketing background gave her that mm -hmm. user experience mentality. So yes. who is coming into the food bank? What type of experience would I want as yeah. an individual here? And how can I provide that to the people that are coming for services here at the food bank and also just being creative with the way that she sources everything yeah. is really amazing. Like I love that story she tells at the very beginning of the podcast of how she sourced what she needed yeah. through community connections to make that user experience so much better. Exactly. And just has been running with it ever since. Yeah. No, it's a very fun filled episode that we have today. And without further ado, here is Elizabeth Durant from the Snohomish Community Food Bank. Okay, so welcome to today's podcast. Yeah. We have here with us Elizabeth Durand of the Snohomish Community Food Bank. Yeah. She is their executive director. I feel like I need a I need to work harder. I'm surrounded by executive directors today. <laughs> <laughs> it's equal proportion. Half and half. <laughs> So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Um, we'd like to just get to know you a little bit. Who are you? Who am I? <laughs> I ask that myself daily. <laughs> um, let's see. So I started at the Snohomish Community Food Bank in 2009. So I'm going into my 13th year. Oh, wow. Which is funny because when I applied for the job, they asked for a five-year contract. And I said, no, that was way too long. <laughs> of course. But here I am. Yeah. Um, before that, I had worked at the um, Evergreen State Fair as oh. the marketing director there for nine years. And I had worked with the uh, Stomach County Parks. And before that, I lived up in Canada with my then husband. Mm -hmm. And so my daughters and I moved down here in 1997. They were three and five. Went to the Snohomish schools and wow. um, eventually went to Monroe schools. So our life was kind of between Monroe and Snohomish. Mm. But I just love Snohomish. And yeah. I I kind of feel like everything I've ever done in my career has kind of led me to working at the food bank. Oh, really? It's really worked out very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about that. So when I very first got there... I'd never been to a food bank, uh -huh. so I didn't fully understand the nature of the service. Mm. So I treated it like it was a public relations campaign <laughs> mm. and very quickly realized I wouldn't like to be the recipient of the way they were serving the food because uh. people would come there once a week or still once a week, mm -hmm. but they were given a bag, a grocery sack of food that had 18 pounds of pretty much the same thing week after week, canned oh. fruit, canned vegetables, um, Pasta, pasta sauce, tuna, bread if we had it. Mm -hmm. And it would be, here's your 18 pounds of food. See you next week. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to make any changes for six months. I'm going to wait and see, mm -hmm. you know, how I can make changes. But for whatever reason, week three, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just kept, kept getting almost these messages that I really needed to do something different. For example, they used to have, the the garbage bin recycling bin pushed up against the building mm -hmm. and everything that was bad would go in this bin mm -hmm. so when you approach the food bank it would smell like uh, bad food yeah oh. 
So the third week I came in, it was Monday morning. There was a fellow there that had gone into the bin and he was picking out food. Mm. And I said, no, 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 that, that food is bad. Yeah. And he said, nope, it's, it's acceptable to me. And I mm. said, no, you need to come out of there, come into the food bank. It was like six in the morning. Cause I learned very quickly if I got there very early mm-hmm. that I could get a lot more done. Uh. But He came out of that bin so angry. Mm -hmm. And in that day, I realized, okay, we're not throwing food in this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'll never invite somebody into the food bank when I'm here by myself. Because I learned that there are some people that are having issues in their lives, whether it's mental illness, whether Mm -hmm. it's drug addiction, whatever, that you really need to be surrounded in a safe way. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, in that day, we pushed the bin down toward the park, I asked the city, would you mind, please, if I put this here, if I promise never to put food in it mm-hmm. again? And not only did they allow that, but they actually covered the cost of that pickup for us for oh, years. Wow. Oh, wow. And then um, the next day, um, the bread people had done the... Um, Oh, rotation really of food that was no longer good for people, but it would be good for animals. And they would just push it outside in a cart and people would come by and pick it up. But we had no guarantee who was picking it up. Right. So that morning I came in and it was raining and the shopping cart was outside and the bread had been pulled apart by the squirrels. If you ever visit the food (laughs) bank, we have the healthiest squirrels in the city. And so I'm picking up this wet white bread out of the gravel, which is not easy to do. And I'm thinking, we are not going to do this anymore. And I hear this little screechy noise inside the cart and there's a rat. Oh, and I'm obligated by contract to have an exterminator come every month to make sure that we're doing fine. Mm -hmm. But here I'm thinking, okay, we invite the exterminator, we pay for his time, and yet we invite the rats in by giving them food. Right. Right. So that went away. So what we ended up doing was developing a roster uh, for people who wanted bread for their chickens or farm feed. Mm -hmm. So people come by and pick it up right away. It's not left outside. It's not overnight. And then the next day, so that night was a Tuesday night. We served our food that night. And the next day, after here's your bag of food, see you next week, Mm -hmm. I learned very quickly that if people didn't like what was in the bag, they left it on the blacktop up by the fire station. (gasps) So the number one leave behind evidently that Tuesday were boxes of Jell-O. And they had gotten run over and it was (laughs) raining. And I go out and I look and it looks like a really cool tie-dye shirt from the sixties. <laughs> and I'm thinking, food wow, art. that is really neat art. Yeah. Oh, what a waste of food. Oh, so no. it was at that time that Safeway was also renovating their freezer section. Mm-hmm. It was probably right before you moved here, Megan, but mm-hmm. they were totally ripping out the whole freezer and cooler section. So I called and I said, can I please have one of those coolers and one of the freezers? And they're mm-hmm. like, no they're older, they don't work as well. And I go, but if they work and they go, no, some of the coils might be rusted. And I go, but if they work and I go call corporate. So I called corporate Safeway and I said, could I have those? And they said, no. Oh, so I didn't develop a plan. If they would have said yes, I would have tried to come up with a plan right away. Well, three weeks later without any fanfare, the manager at Safeway, a guy named Troy Nolden, called me and he goes, hey, corporate sent you a new freezer and a new cooler. <gasps> oh, and they were wow. on pallets. And so I call my next door neighbor, Dave Hudson, Byler Hones, Cascade Fence. And I said, 
could I borrow your forklift? And I don't know how to drive a forklift. Yeah. I, I was just so excited. Yeah. And so he said, what do you do? And so I told him he got on his forklift. He drove to Safeway. He pulled him over to the food bank. We set him in a place that had no electricity for him. So I had to call an electrician. So I'm telling you, it's almost just like I didn't have a plan, but the whole thing came together yeah. so nicely. So based on the fact that we had a freezer and a cooler, then I could start buying good food mm -hmm. and oh. it didn't have to be the same thing and it didn't have to be 18 pounds. Right. right. So it's developed over the years into eight, eight to 10 different stations, depending upon if people also have a baby and a pet, mm -hmm. th those are two extra stations um, that they could come in and get easily a family one to three, $300 worth of food yeah, at our, at our great. little store. <laughs> that is awesome. The fact that you were thinking about it from like a user experience, mm -hmm. right? Because these are people that we're dealing with. These are members of our community, brothers, sisters, cousins, who, neighbors. what are you, you know? Yeah, it is really our neighbors and we need to be cognizant of that, that, you know, it, it is a user experience. And I think you coming from the marketing background, you mm. totally understand that, that this is not just a, hey, let's transfer goods from one place yeah. to another. Right. Like it's not as much of a logistics thing as it is like a human thing. It's a human thing. And yeah. it's a respect thing. Exactly. Yeah. When you take people's choices away. Yeah. That is not <laughs> Absolutely. kind right. at yeah. all. And especially now, I feel like everyone has different needs dietarily. Is that a word? Uh, different yeah. dietary needs. Um, that it's awesome that the food bank is even thinking about that. I saw online uh, as I'm researching the food <laughs> bank that, you know, you guys are giving out options so that people can still li live healthy because you know you can't just give everyone white bread because right. what if you can't eat white bread right. then what do you do right yeah and we do have a lot of people that come and say you know we have a diabetic diet yeah. in the house or we have celiacs in the house what can you right. do so we do have a one special shelf for people who want light salt low sugar mm -hmm. um, sometimes we get things from a natural factory over in Everett that or I'm sorry, over in Monroe that bring us powdered supplements that people love. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's over there as well. Yeah. And and people come and say, I have something really weird, but yeah. do you want it? And I say, yeah, because we never know out of our families mm -hmm, if there's somebody right. who wants this thing that's kind of one off. Yeah. And they usually go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that really speaks to when we're talking about choices, like your sense of dignity, mm -hmm. you know, like if you go into a place where you already, you know, have to deal with the fact that you need help, that can be difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then to actually be treated with respect and dignity to where you have choices or, you know, that kind of what you're talking about, Sheila, not being able to eat something that's mm -hmm. out of your control and mm -hmm. then having the choice to see, oh, I can still take care of myself the way I deserve to be taken care of as a human made the way that I am made, that that can be supported mm -hmm. through community. I think that just really yeah. ministers to people's hearts, you know, to where you feel actually seen yeah. mm -hmm. and loved and cared for. Yeah. Instead of just like, well, this is the best we could give you. Yeah. You're yeah. giving them the best, yeah. you know. So I really appreciate that you put that effort. Thank you. Into and I appreciate it. I have 140 
plus volunteers that make it happen because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen easily. Right. I mean, and it also has, has to happen with a variety of people to know how to serve a variety of people. Yes, mm-hmm. the diversity matters, doesn't yeah, it? Because there are things like uh, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have thought about organic mm-hmm. or vegan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, like in the freezer tomorrow, we're going to have plant-based side dishes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's going to be really awesome for a lot of people. And other people would be yeah. like, uh, I'd rather have the other item that yeah. you have. Yeah, so. especially yeah, fantastic. with the health portion of it, you know, I, I feel like I watch a lot of these TikToks uh, of like deep cleaning people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently there's this one lady that I watch and she does free house cleanings for people that can't do it themselves, mm. you know, or they might be sick or other circumstances. Um, and she talks a lot about how it's a compilation of things that usually affects the person to get to a point where they need a free cleaning. And I feel like that's similar where like, if you're, you know, not doing so great and then you have health issues and then the only thing that you can buy is ramen noodles, Mm -hmm. then it just adds to their deficit of, you know, their overall situation. So Right. So the fact that you guys are really supporting people holistically, I think is so wonderful to hear. Yes. But you know, it's not just us supporting. Of course. It is the entire (laughs) community because I have to tell you, I I just feel like Snohomish is a magical place because I can say, oh my gosh, we're really low on whatever. Mm -hmm. I could put out three press releases and within, you know, days, weeks, maybe two max, we'll have what we need. That's awesome. And a lot of it is for a while there, people really want to give food. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like to give food that um, isn't necessarily great for the diet, like Mm -hmm. pastries and cakes and ramen and Mm -hmm. high salt, high sugar, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they'll stop and give us a check yeah. allows me yeah. to go out and buy fresh produce. Yeah. It allows me to buy the milk, mm-hmm. eggs, cheese, butter that I can buy every week and yeah. then help offset the unhealthier things. And don't get me wrong. A lot of our clients are like, <laughs> yay, I love the pastry station. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, but did you go buy the fresh fruit? Yeah. <laughs> it's all about balance, right? That's right. <laughs> But, but it's is, just because this community is so generous that we can do it the way we do it. Yeah. And I think that's a really great segue talking about community, which I think has been, you know, a lot of the themes in all of our podcasts is, you know, who uh, do you guys work with around the communities? You know, what different sources or um Uh, collaborations do you guys have in the community to support you guys? Well, it all starts with the individual. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people that will just uh, clean out their cabinet and Mm -hmm. say, I had, you know, 10 extra pans of something and I thought maybe you would like it. Or my baby just grew out of this size diaper. Mm -hmm. Can you take an open Uh, bag of diapers? Or my dog did not like this dog food. Can I give you, you know, (laughs) half a bag? Yeah. And we take all of that. So, um, but the next thing is, I just talked about fresh produce. I save so much money in the summer because so many of the community gardens, the church gardens, even people's backyard gardens, they bring us so much corn, potatoes, squash, zucchini, and it just really saves 
my budget. Yeah. Um, and then we have businesses mm-hmm. and then we have food drives, <laughs> just like you guys just did with Zombie Walk. Yes. <laughs> and um, but like this this whole month, I have a food drive that's scheduled every weekend. We just did one um, this last weekend with Inflection Wealth that's in Mill Creek. Mm. This is kind of a sad story. Well, it is a sad story <laughs> that when we hit COVID, one of our volunteers, Art Bory, passed away two weeks into it Aww. from COVID. Oh, and it was no. startling. Yeah. So we immediately went to serving our clients and our families outside and packing uh. their groceries and delivering it to their car. So this was the third annual food drive that honored Art. Mm. And so they did that. And then um, we had the zombie walk the weekend yeah. before that. And then we're going to have Periwinkle Rose that's done by yeah. Jennifer Bush. Yeah. She does her yeah, she's fun great. thing every year. And then the Harvested Farmer's Market that's going to be at Valley View, I guess, on uh, November 19th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> we have the Battle of the Badges. Yeah. Did you guys hear about that one? <laughs> Tell us about that one. So it is coming up on November 29th, I believe. Yep. It's all day Tuesday. It's the fire department versus the police department. <laughs> I love it. And they're calling it Battle of the Badges. <laughs> and then they're going to bring it all in on the 30th and weigh it in. And then I have to declare a winner. Ooh. So I really don't want to be at work that day because I have to weigh my neighbor, the fire department, or do I get pulled over from a speeding <laughs> ticket? <laughs> I'm afraid. But I think that one's going to be very fun. Sherry Ireton put that one together. Yeah. I think it's going to be a first annual. Is that going to be at the Carnegie? It's That's exactly. Yeah. Everything's happening at the Carnegie. The Carnegie yeah. is the place to be. It's <laughs> it a moment now. now. Yeah. That's fantastic. So tell us more about the zombie walk because I know you guys know things I don't know. We do. We know some things. So yeah, uh, one of the plans that Megan and I had of the way we were arranging the podcast, a little sneak peek behind the scenes for everyone, is that we wanted, you know, uh, to talk about the Snohomish zombie walk last month to make sure people come out, people bring donations, they donate funds so that we can give it to the food bank. And then this month month we wanted to reveal the outcome of the event so to exciting. everyone including to elizabeth and live, <laughs> live on the air <laughs> but yes uh we're very proud and very grateful for everyone that came out to the Snohomish Zombie Walk this year. We had such a good group of people. We had a great group of volunteers. The event um, had a lot of really great sponsors that I do want to shout out one more time. Uh, so we have everyone from Kathy Salvadolina real estate. We have the Schultz Financial Partners. Uh, Fred Meyer also helped out and sponsored. Uh, Thompson Gildner and Associates uh, Law Firm, mm-hmm. uh, downtown Snohomish. Uh, Maple and Moss, Spada Farmhouse Brewery, Simply Sweet uh, from up uh, the road on Bickford. Uh, Bill Holt, our local State Farm agent, also sponsored. Uh, and Josh's Taps and Caps. Um, so thank you, everyone, for sponsoring the event. Yes. I did. And with all that said, we do want to share that this year at the Zombie Block, we were able to raise 
496 pounds of food. Yes. Wow. Which is like double the amount of food that Easily. we raised last year. That's so amazing. Thank you, everyone, for bringing in your donations. And, and it was human food, too. And it was, <laughs> it was lovely. We do have a pack of cat food that we forgot to bring for you. <laughs> oh. Well, I was so, thinking as opposed to the exactly? undead. Estimate how much you think that weighs. Probably like, like two pounds. All right. Exactly. And then for, as for the uh, monetary donations, we were able to raise $5,130.90 for oh the Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. Yeah, is it a lot of it from the QR code? Was that how it worked? Or you the know, sponsorship is The well? QR code, we learned a lot at the zombie walk this year, and the QR code was not friendly to our donations uh, that day. But we were prepared. We had our wonderful volunteers at the merchandise tent and the check-in point outside that had Square set up. So they were accepting donations. I know they accepted cash donations. Mm -hmm. And then inside, we were also just bringing everybody over to our table at HGSA and making sure they were getting things going that way. So yeah. we improvised. <laughs> We made out. it work. We made it that's work. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very generous. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just amazing. People reach out and help others. Yeah. It's and it, at an event. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. And the yes. amount of people that were just so happy to be there too. Yeah. Um, we always get so many people that are like participants of the zombie walks. They like thank you for hosting this event. Like, this is really fun. You know, this is going to be an annual thing for mm -hmm. us. So everyone, please come back next year. Bring even more donations, bring more goods, more cash. Always appreciate <laughs> more cash too. Um, so that we can continue being one of the sources uh, for the Snohomish Community Food Bank and continue supporting them. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's a fun way. It's And it's been going for years, but the last two years has just been bigger and better. It's been amazing. Yeah. And I love the sponsorships i love the yeah pirate ship oh, or yes. what, how exactly would you describe that <laughs> it's definitely a pirate ship yeah the project guys came with their 50 foot pirate ship so yeah. uh got plenty of pictures of that for you guys to check out later too yeah we do cool. have pictures up on the facebook um, page right now and I think we're working on getting them on the website too Correct. so if, if anybody's looking for photos that's a great place yeah. to go and and see what was going on the HDSA website yes. so historicdowntownsnohomish.org speaking, speaking of which you are also instrumental in starting the stores Stores throughout outdoors? November and December where you choose a charity. That oh, yes. I yes. just heard about that this week. So that's oh, great. exciting. You as must well. have heard from one of our volunteers. Yes. Yeah, that's so great. Yes. So we will be supporting you again. I um, know. I'm trying to remember what store is sponsoring you. It might be this one. I don't, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be speaking to that more at the end of the podcast here. But yeah, we're really excited about that. Yeah. We want most or all, if we can, of our events to basically function like the zombie walk mm -hmm. functions to where it serves the purpose of bringing people downtown, bringing families out to do something fun together, but supports another community nonprofit um, we just feel like that's where we will be flourishing as an organization if we're in collaboration and support with with our other um, organizations that are working mm -hmm. hard to keep Snohomish the amazing place that it is. That's right. So yeah. We love the zombie walk. 
Yes. It's I a, do too. a great success and it's really fun. It was fun to see all the families coming out and just really enjoying it. And the makeup is astounding. The makeup's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. go all out with their costumes, with the makeup, and yep. it's, it's a blast. Um, so, yeah, definitely very happy with that outcome. No kidding. Um, so, but one of the things that Megan and I were kind of curious about was, you know, how, like, how does all of these proceeds, like, Tra uh, translate to you know like how much goods how much vegetables you know that you guys can buy or like what is or talk a little bit around like how much the need is versus like how you're able to support it like are we meeting everyone's needs right now do we need mm -hmm. more what does that look like especially with inflation mm -hmm. recently and covid still the outcome of that all, all the prices are still up so how does that impact you know what you guys are, are doing well the way i think the best way to answer that is to almost go back historically mm -hmm. to how we've been serving people when i first got to the food bank in 2009 the economy wasn't in in bad shape at all mm -hmm. and we were serving about 120 people mm -hmm. i'm sorry 120 families mm -hmm. and then as the economy started to tank in 13 and 14 15 mm -hmm. we were easily serving 300 families a week oh my gosh um and sometimes it's a family that'll come every week mm -hmm. sometimes they come every other week sometimes mm -hmm. people drop in only as they need it mm -hmm. but the big telltale sign is thanksgiving everybody ah. will come at thanksgiving so one of those years we topped out at 425 families wow. to wow. serve and we served everyone yeah good job um i i get a little bit um concerned mm -hmm. when the economy goes one way i was i was fully prepared when we hit covid to mm -hmm. start serving 300 people again because we were at about 200 families every week oh. and then covid hit and and the number dropped to about 130 wow that's what i thought because i was fully prepared to okay here we yeah. go right but then we started to wonder did people think we were closed oh. so we started to go through our entire file and start calling everybody who we had served over the three-year period and said, come on back in, we're open. And the answer was, no, I'm doing better now huh. on unemployment and the stimulus yeah. checks that I'm just going to kind of cruise along like this. And of course, I went into mother mode. <laughs> no, save that money. Yeah. <laughs> and come to us. Even yeah. come to us, even if you're just going to pick up the things that you would normally buy. Right. Seriously, save that money. But it just didn't pan out that way. And now we're starting to see the numbers climb again. Oh. So last week we were about just short of 200 again. Wow. Okay. And I think as the gas prices remain the same and the supply chain is lower, mm -hmm. I think we're going to see the numbers to, to continue. Right. Um, but I also think when you get to the holiday season, I think people get very concerned about having enough mm. for the family. And right. so we'll see our numbers grow through November and December. Gotcha. And then they might dry up, drop off a little again in January. But, you know, that's fine. As yeah. long as we're serving a need, mm -hmm. I'm perfectly happy with that. You know, yeah. um, we have in the past served 
Christmas gifts and, and provided mm. Christmas gifts, oh, but wow. we no longer do that because now we go in, in support of Christmas House that oh. serves all the kids in Stonehenge County, 18 and under. Yeah. So that's, they've been doing it for 32 years. They do it bigger oh, and better than we down. ever yeah. 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 They know what they're doing. So we decided we were only going to have programs that were about food mm -hmm. so the other programs that we have we have a shuttle service where mm -hmm. we'll take if they get themselves to the food bank on tuesday night they can shop for everything we have to offer oh. and we'll give them a ride home within mm -hmm. city limits if um we have homeless high school students mm -hmm. that are um suggested by a school counselor that needs weekend groceries we provide right now about 12 students are in that program wow, wow. We have home delivery for the elderly and disabled. Mm -hmm. We have the pet food program, the yeah. infant care program. Um, we just try to figure out various ways that we could provide food yeah. if you can't have right. other ways to get it. Now, people who might have a friend um, who can shop for them, that's mm -hmm. the proxy program. They just both sign a piece of paper that says, I give Mary permission to shop mm -hmm. for me and, and I trust her to bring me my food. Ah. So we have a variety of ways that people can access food. Yeah, that's really that's awesome. Great. Again, back to the holistic thinking of, you know, what it's 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 easy for us to just be like, oh, give out food. Right. But right. it's actually harder than that, because for some people, they might not have transportation. That's they right. might not be physically able to travel to the food bank um, to get their their supplies. So that's that's awesome. You're thinking of all of these peripheral things to help get the food through yeah yeah serving them fully mm -hmm. um you kind of touched on something i wanted to talk about a little bit when you said that you know families might not come all the time or you'll see different families rotating through or it kind of sounds like maybe there's like some they're supplementing what they can you know obtain for themselves with service from the food bank um and then sheila you know you had mentioned inflation. I can just imagine from my own experience and like, I'm lucky I'm not struggling with actual food security, but I have had to make major shifts to how I'm bringing food into my home and serving my family. We're a family of five and you know, I used to be able to keep our budget <laughs> reasonable right. and now just not changing anything and still being frugal. I'm spending almost twice as much so I'm imagining families that that is a bigger shift and a bigger change to where maybe this is something that you have to now think about. What's the best way to introduce a new family into your services? And like, just for me personally, I imagine I would like to know what to expect mm -hmm. or what I'm going to be greeted with, you know? Yes. And I think that helps people feel more secure in going to get the help that they maybe otherwise wouldn't Ask do for it. themselves. Yeah. You know, pride yeah. can be an issue. Yeah. For sure. And I think just knowing what's there so that anyone listening or if they're listening and they know someone mm -hmm. who might be needing those services can you just shed some light on that for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to take a giant step backward to the very beginning of your of your comments, and that is um, shopping for the family and keeping within budget. Mm -hmm. So I have an awesome board 
that elected about six months ago to up the budget from $7,500 a month that I'm purchasing food for our families with $12,000 a month. Oh, great. Um, it sounds generous and awesome and I could buy so much more, but the fact it's is- It's just dealing I'm just, with the ratio. Um, yeah. it's, it's all proportionate. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, instead of paying $2 and something for the eggs or you know, 200 and something dollars for the eggs, I'm well- well over $800 a week for eggs only. The butter went up, the milk went Mm -hmm. up. There was even a period where the milk was not available in Mm -hmm. half gallons. So Mm -hmm. we had to figure out a different way to support that. So we ended up with shelf stable milk for two Mm -hmm. weeks. So there are a lot of variables that go into trying to make a budget even at this level, you right. know, not just my own family, but right. how do I purchase food for other families too and, right. and keep it healthy? Yeah. So we're meeting that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I said, we're coming in off of a season where we got a lot of fruits and vegetables given to us from gardens. And so now that's going to go away. We have to figure out how to, mm-hmm. you know, include that into the budget. Um. I love the fact that we serve with humor. Mm-hmm. I have volunteers that are very caring and very loving, and they really understand that people don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. So we make them want to be there. <laughs> you make it fun. <laughs> we with try the personality. <laughs> you love us. Yeah. <laughs> But all that people really need to do is they come to the food bank, they park up behind the fire station because, and this is important, the shopping carts that we use do much better to come down the ramp instead of going out to where the volunteers park, where the gravel is. Okay. So we, and and we're very lucky because the fire station is an amazing neighbor to us. Mm -hmm. Um, They allow us to use their parking lot. Um, people park there. We ask people, please don't come even 10 minutes before we open. Just mm-hmm. pull in about that time. And they come down the ramp and they pull a number. And if it's the very first time they're there, all they need to do is fill out an application that gives us information about their family. Who are mm-hmm. we serving? Okay. Okay. So you're head of the household. Who is your spouse or your partner? or Who's mm-hmm. your roommate? How old are your kids? This is only used for grant writing. Mm -hmm. It's statistical information that I could use to say, hey, we serve this many people, this Mm -hmm. many people under the age of 18, this many people over 65, this many veterans, this many people with dogs. I mean, there are so many grants out there that will address a certain need. And it makes it so much easier if I can say, here's the the numbers. Um, people get very concerned that a lot of the information we ask for is going to go to the government and it and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, on this on the back page of the application, the government has asked us to have people self-declare what their income is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is. If you're a family of one, do you make this amount of income? And I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but... <laughs> I don't think that's anybody's business because we don't know why people need the right, food bank. Right. You could be making $200,000 and paying 180000 for your in-laws to be in assisted yeah. care. Yes. You could be paying $150 trying to pay off a medical bill. You right. could be paying student debt. Yeah. I mean, there are so many reasons, right. you know, that people could be coming there. And yes, unemployment. Yes, you know, all the, I guess, standard reasons that, People think you need a food bank, mm-hmm. but but people need the food bank for far more than that. Yes, right. I think so, that is so good that you're sharing that information because 
I feel that we get this idea in our heads of who needs the food bank. Mm -hmm. And then people think, well, that's not me. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they don't have the need. You know, it's like you're saying, maybe on paper, your income looks fine, Mm -hmm. but it's stinking expensive to just exist, you know? And like, just from personal experience, (laughs) like every month we're like, man, this is hard. And it's changing for everybody. Mm -hmm. So we can't just assume, you know, that we're serving one type of family, one type of income Mm -hmm. level, you know? So I totally see what you're saying. And I think it's really important for people to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's important for people to know that yeah. everybody helps. Yeah. And, you know, you might have been somebody who donated to the food bank two years ago, but right now things are strapped. Yeah. And I just I want them to take away the idea that, no, I'm a helper. I mm-hmm. shouldn't be helped. No, it's all yeah. full circle. Right. Yeah. We help each other. And it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. When you're able to help, help be out in the community, yeah. help raise funds, help raise donations. And when you need the help, that's what the community is there for, is to help you through. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good segue, Sheila. We had discussed um, asking Elizabeth if you are not in a place where you can donate cash and you're not in a place where you can give of your own food supply, but you want to help, what are some other ways yeah. that people can get involved? I love my volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> I have volunteer applications in my office. Okay. <laughs> Many of them are blank. Um, and, and, you know, here's another one little aspect to that. We love to have the help. Mm-hmm. We really do. We um, need people of varying um, talents, mm-hmm. you know, people mm-hmm. who can do administrative work, people who could check in other people, mm-hmm. um, taking the boxes apart when they come in from Northwest Harvest or Volunteers of America. Uh-huh. There's a lot of unpacking and organizing and rotating. I need drivers to go to Hagen and Safeway and uh-huh. Albertsons to pick up the food and bring it back. Yeah. I need people to sort the food. Um, I have an awesome program with our produce where Um, I have about six people on Tuesday and Friday that come in and separate out what's good for the people Uh and what's better for the farmers. Um, The nice thing about that program is if we have people that are also needing to be clients, I have a a volunteer client program that if you volunteer for three hours a week, you can shop an hour before we open to the public. So it takes away a little bit of the discomfort for some people who are feeling like that's where they want to be. But, you know, hey, you're there temporarily. Come in and help and we'll provide food for your family. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really awesome. So, yeah, everyone, please come to Elizabeth's office and (laughs) all of the blank volunteer (laughs) sheets in her (laughs) office. (laughs) That is awesome. That's good to know, though, that they're... uh, multi-skill aspects, you know, because I think some people, um, I, I love volunteering at various events. And sometimes you, there are those opportunities where, you know, you just show up, you do something for like two hours and then you go back home. But I also love volunteer opportunities where I can be there over and over again, Mm -hmm. you know? So like some of the roles that you're talking about with like the driving or the administrative work, you know, I, I love engaging with the family that I build at this particular place. So coming back to something week after week is uh, something I enjoy too. So I think other people would enjoy that aspect of community also. Absolutely. It's also very social. Yes. 
yeah. become friends with the people that you volunteer with. They become your family. <laughs> so we're coming into the holiday season. You yes. mentioned that you'll most likely be doubling the amount of families that you're serving right now. Um, what are some like just tangible needs that you have right now? Like if you were to tell everybody, bring 10 of these, <laughs> what would it be? Well, I have to say years ago, years and years ago, right. Matter of fact, within the first year I started, I realized that when people wanted to do a holiday food drive, what that means is we get, you know, a four to five year supply of pumpkin and cranberry sauce. <laughs> so what we did was we had people who would call and say, I want to do a food drive. And we'd, we'd say, please, 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 not a food drive, but would you please, we need up to 300 cans mm -hmm. of corn. Could you go get us 50? Yeah. And we would have people that call and say, we pledge a hundred boxes of cornbread muffin mix or right. we pledge, you know, mm -hmm. 50 boxes of syrup. And so uh, if anybody's interested in doing that pledge program, um, we do it for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're uh, getting real close to Thanksgiving. So I would say Christmas would be a really yeah. easy you know, match for this year, mm -hmm. it works out so nicely because that way I can give every family the same cho choices, ah. same options. So really when they go through for Thanksgiving or Christmas, the answer is yes, I want that or no, I don't want that. Right. And they go through a lot faster. We do Thanksgiving by appointment only. Mm -hmm. So we're also trying to keep it paced. We're trying to get everybody through in a six hour period oh, wow. on the 22nd of November. But what we also do for um, Christmas, it's not by appointment only, but we also try to provide mm -hmm. a really nice dinner. So, for example, Thanksgiving, everybody's going to get the choice between a turkey and whole chicken. Mm. Um, there are many families that didn't grow up in this country that yeah. really a turkey is a, is kind of an unknown. So they prefer <laughs> to have whole chickens. Yeah. yeah. We're also going to do Cornish game hens this year that Aww. came in through a grant through ARPA. Cool. And for Christmas, not only are we going to do hams, which is standard, but we're also going to do pot roasts. Oh. Yeah. That's what I say. I say, oh, I want to be a client. <laughs> <laughs> I want a pot roast. <laughs> but, but if people want to help um, and they want to pledge a certain amount have them call or would yeah. you please call me i think we're hgsa is doing that ironically for cranberry sauce yeah. okay <laughs> that would be great yeah we yeah. you mentioned that at the community meeting that you were at a couple weeks ago and actually you did like, make your we pledge can, already. we can handle that we can handle something yeah that was great because like that's very you know for us as an organization we can split that up among our board mm -hmm. members so our, our next board meeting and I'm just saying this for an example, like our next board meeting, everyone's bringing, I think I calculated seven cans each and then we'll have the 50 <laughs> that we told Elizabeth we could bring. Awesome. And I like that you set it up that way because it's like, yes, this is what we need. And right. I think that takes half of the work out of it sometimes. Yes. It's just like, well, I don't know what to bring. I'm just going to get this stuff. And then like you say, you end up with a whole bunch of one thing. Right. And now this is, you know, a way that we can know exactly what is helpful. We yeah. can delegate it among lots of people so that it's easy to meet a, a big need, quote unquote, yeah. that would be big for one person. Right. Right. But yeah. So companies, I would encourage anybody yeah. who has a company that's listening or if you have a volunteer group or you have a book club, yeah. get a hold of Elizabeth, find out what it is that you could pledge to. I have a and, list. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best way for us to get in contact with you? Um, two ways. Best way. Um, I'm there every day till noon, except Tuesday. I'm there from seven to six thirty. Um, is to call three six zero five six eight seven nine nine three. Best way mm -hmm. email yes. director 
at snohomishfoodbank.org. Great. Thank you. I will do a big shout out too, because the Aquatic Center signed up just like you. So for December, they're going to do peanut butter and jelly. Oh, (laughs) that's perfect. They just came off of collecting a big barrel of socks for us to give out to our our families. Great. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we've covered a lot of Mm -hmm. information today. It's been really, really fun talking to you, Elizabeth. I think we went through, you know, how the food bank affects the community, how we can help each other in the community, ways that individuals, businesses can help out, ways that you can get help from the food bank also if you need it. And I think this has been so informative even for me and i i stalk you guys you know in preparation for the zombie walk i'm like all over your website and so many good information um and i think we like to end cap our episodes with our guests by asking one final question Uh yeah so i think we can definitely sense how much you care for the snohomish community it is a magical place isn't it yes um and the question that we always ask is if you can have your perfect ideal day in Snohomish, what would it be? That one's actually not hard. <laughs> two weeks ago, I had an awesome day at the food bank. And I remember saying, this is just a crazy good day. Um, what it was, was um, a great big food drive came in unexpectedly. And it was about 1,500 pounds oh of gosh. food that was actually collected in front of stores. So we knew it was all good. Uh-huh. Wasn't expired. Wasn't uh-huh. from grandma's pantry <laughs> from 1986. Everything was awesome. And then um, later that day, a lady brought her two littles along and said, I just really wanted to teach my kids how fun it would be to give to other kids. So they put together 12 birthday bags and just filled it with things to make a birthday party special. Wow. And then (laughs) during service that night, it was a Tuesday night, two little boys, gosh, Logan and Carter, I believe their names were. Hope I got that right. <laughs> they planted a pumpkin garden in their backyard, and instead of um, you know having them the pumpkins to give away to friends or whatever, they decided that they would sell the pumpkins and give the money to the food bank. Oh and gosh. so what I ended up doing was um, the dad called and he said, "Could I could could I bring my kids by tonight?" And and they did all this, and they're I think they're five and seven. Wow. So it's not like yeah. You know, I mean, they right. had to work hard to make this happen. Yeah. He said, can you can you make it a thing? And I go, absolutely, I can make it a thing. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, this is cool. They're going to probably bring us a check for $50. Yeah. They left a check for me for $640. And I said to the volunteers, I love my job. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> awesome. But you know what it is? A perfect day for me is when I get to see other people reach out to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, it warms your heart, especially in a day and age where it feels like so many things aren't quite the way they used to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels hard. Mm-hmm. And then I get to see people wanting to do something nice for someone else. Yeah. yeah. That's a perfect day Man, for me. Man, that made me tear up a little bit. <laughs> That's so just so sweet. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love when parents teach the kids yeah. when they're that young how yeah. important it is to give to others. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that you 
encapsulate so well how kind of I mean look at me. <laughs> you're tearing up for <laughs> <I> totally real <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing like we hear all these wonderful stories about our community and hearing like just and seeing the joy in your eyes getting to do that for your job mm-hmm. and providing opportunities for families to do that yeah I just think it's so cool yeah and it really just shows the commitment level that we have in Snohomish. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. And it definitely is that ripple effect that, you know, extends out to all of the people that participate. And it's just, I mean, really, it's an honor to be able to just be a part of it. Yes. Yeah. And to sit here and hear these stories and hear stories like this from Elizabeth. And yeah. I'm just super grateful right now. Yes. That is so <laughs> it's sweet. All good. That is it's so all good. Sweet. It's an awesome community. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Thank you for being a part of it. Dude, Thank it's you. a privilege. I love it. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think it's, I'm just lucky. So yeah. thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for your time today. Yes, thank, thank you, you for coming for sharing with us. This was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I guess that concludes our episode today, huh? Yes. <laughs> Thank Wrapping you. it up with some tears. Yes. <laughs> Happy tears. Happy, Happy tears. tears. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're back with a little more information (laughs) we love having uh suffixes yeah we like keeping you on your toes we're done no we're not just kidding we're back so elizabeth had mentioned during our podcast with her that um she had heard about another charitable event event. yeah Yeah. that we're doing and uh that is true so we wanted to just give a little bit of information about that um in the past hdsa has done the holiday giving trees which Mm -hmm. if you're familiar you might have seen little trees that were outside of different businesses in the downtown district Mm -hmm. and they had tags on them Mm -hmm. and you could take a tag and it would say you know like size one diapers or something like that that were Mm -hmm. needed for the specific charity that that store was hosting. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's a great program. Um, it did have its flaws. (laughs) Um, some of which was, you know, the trees are, were meant to be adopted afterwards and they weren't always. So that's not super green of us, not very sustainable. (laughs) Um, and also due to the wind or unfortunately, you know, vandalism, people would take the trees or take the tags. Um, that was, you know, a Mm -hmm. problem for the charities. And then also it's just a busy time of the year and the most well-intended visitors would, you know, grab a tag and then for whatever reason, not, not be able to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. So there was no goods brought back and that left a deficit for some of the needs that had been requested from yeah. those uh, charities. Mm-hmm. So um, we also have our holiday window decorating competition. Yes. Which everyone loves because we we go hard in downtown Snohomish yes. for our <laughs> Christmas or holiday window decorating. Yeah, I have heard stores planning in August for what they're <laughs> going to do. for So they really love it. And we love how much love they put into it and yeah. how much they care and the planning. And they're just gorgeous. They're really beautiful. They so we have decided to pair the giving trees essentially with the windows so we have like charitable window decorations yes it's such a creative solution too because 
think about it. You know, you are not having to carry around goods everywhere. And right. I am definitely one of those people that are very forgetful uh, and would definitely take a tag and not return something. It happens. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to just be a little bit friendlier to the charities. Um, they can maximize cash donations insanely. Like charities are so yeah. um, innovative with how they use your support. So yeah. We will have um, the, all the windows of the participating shops. There will be a poster in their window that says the charity that they are supporting. Mm -hmm. There will be a QR code that you can scan and donate directly to the charity. Yeah. And that is how you will generate votes for the business's window. So if you love the window in, you know, we'll say oopsie daisy and you really want to support, oh, good job to you. And I want to make sure that you get your donation. Um, you vote by donation. Mm -hmm. And also secondary to that, if you see that one of the stores has a charity that really tugs on your heart and you want to donate to that, it also benefits the store because you are giving them a vote for their for their window. window. So it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, we do have suggestions um, on these posters. For example, Hand in Hand is going to be one of our charities. Mm -hmm. And they have suggestions like $20 buys a family of four milk, eggs, bread for a whole week. Oh, wow. I mean, where else can you get that for $20? Yeah, you can't. right. I feel like I need to do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, $50 gives household items for a family of four, like um, mm -hmm. shampoo, conditioner, body wash. Oh. And then all the way up to $500 can prevent a family from being without power or water. Yeah. And a thousand dollars can prevent a family from being homeless. Wow. So obviously these are suggestions. Not all of us can yeah. vote with a thousand dollars. But as it much as shows, we hope to. <laughs> yes, it shows exactly how your money is going to be put to, to work and gives you kind of an idea of, oh, how can I make a difference for yeah. this family? That's really awesome. I know one of the things that people say about the giving tree in the past is that they live you know, bringing their kids to the trees mm -hmm. and helping them understand that like, hey, these are the things that people, other people need. Hey, let's go out of the, to the store and buy those things. And I think by having that information and knowing how much your uh, donations, your money can equate to physical goods or services or activities yes. um, that will still give everyone, you know, the, the information of like, Hey, this is what donating is. This is what helping each other out looks like. Right. Um, so I think you can still get the giving tree experience with less paper, less waste. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we do have a couple charities that will be requesting tangible items, but it's like one item in particular. So mm -hmm. if you want to do a monetary donation and make sure that you're supporting that business with your vote so that mm -hmm. they can have their window voted for, but you really wanted to have that experience of buying something, there will be a suggested item that you can go out and get. For example, diapers. Yes. But that is, that's all. We will be accepting diapers for yeah. that charity. And then there might be another one where there's coats. So yeah. you can go out and buy a child's coat yeah. and bring that back into the store. And that would be, right. the, you know, the physical item that you could bring and then still make your donation of yeah. $5 to yeah. support the store with your vote too. So. so it's exactly like the cranberry thing that Elizabeth was talking yes. about, how, you know, it also helps the the charities to know what they're going to be receiving to know how to allocate it better right. so it's just logistically uh, a lot more efficient doing it this way yes so i'm super excited to see all of the stores doing what they do best and decorating all of their windows i'll definitely be walking around downtown and checking it out so when will the window displays be up megan so it starts november 26th the same day that santa comes to town and we do yeah. the uh, the official tree lighting so we're kicking everything off that weekend and then it will close 
December 23rd because we wanted to make sure that we have time to distribute not just the money, which will be going to the charities all month long, but also any of those um, items that are actually delivered into the store. We want Mm -hmm. time to get those to the charities before the holiday. So, yeah. So let's keep the spirit alive. Everything from the Snohomish Zombie Walk and raising donations and foods for the community food bank. And let's continue that spirit and help way more charities and a variety of different charities and stores during the holiday season. Yes, absolutely. Get out there and vote. Yeah. Snohomish community. This is what we do. That's right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode of Snohomish Storytellers. Keep writing those stories and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. For today's episode, we would like to thank Caliber Home Loans in Snohomish. They are here to serve all your mortgage needs. They have a wide range of products available to meet your financing needs, including specialty products designed for business owners and investors. Their years of experience show with their smooth process and clear communication. To learn more, you can reach Randy Hecker at 425-750-9528 or visit their branch at 1116 First Street in Snohomish. The Snohomish Storytellers Podcast, brought to you by the historic downtown Snohomish Association, and Seattle North Country.